0: Welcome, B-movie fans, to another B-movie interview. I'm Paul. And I'm Cory. And joining us today is Kieran Davies. Kieran is a man of many talents. He's worked as a writer, director, producer, musician, and actor. Kieran is here to talk to us today about his new film, Grand Ual*, well, the, the movie, an epic following the life of the 16th century pirate queen, Grace O'Malley. Kieran, welcome to our show. How are you? How's it going? Very good, thank you. So. From the articles I've been able to read about your movie, it sounds like it's going to be really exciting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the actual life of Grace O'Malley and why you decided to tell her story? I love the story. I always have. Um, Grace
1: O'Malley was a woman who was the son of a merchant trader, uh, Donald O'Malley, uh, though many considered him and his family to be pirates where they basically held the coastline off of Clare to ransom and anyone who, who uh, died on it had to pay them a tax that they referred to as water tax. Um, her thing thing was that she should have probably been born a man. She wasn't. I mean, women were supposed to just be noble ladies. She was a noble woman. And she, she later on in life began a career of open piracy where basically her trade routes were from Ireland to Tunisia, Spain, and all on the coastline. She spent her whole life pretty much holding the English off uh, from Ireland, where under the British rule at the time, it was considered illegal for any Irish person to have their hair too long or too short or to wear particular colors like blue or red. Um, because there were no uniforms as such, so it was hard to distinguish when he was British and who was Irish. And uh, O'Malley and the rest of her clan pretty much they wore whatever colour they wanted, and they kept their hair whatever way they wanted. And as far as she was concerned, anyone who sailed on her water had to pay for the price. She uh, was also one of the few, probably the only Irish noble to be greeted an audience with Queen Elizabeth at the time, and the two of them conversed with each other in Latin. Um, because uh, Elizabeth didn't speak um, Irish and Grace O'Malley, Gwen her nickname she was referred to, uh, she didn't speak English, so Latin was the common ground. So you're, you're dealing with a woman who's very strong, she's a top fighter. she's also very talented, uh, she's had great schooling, she is a noble person, so um, you're dealing with a story that not only is it a story of, of open piracy on the seas, but for a sword-based warfare, what well, is a very political story. She was an incredible political tactician and often had various clients fighting against each other uh, for, her, for her own needs. So, um, it's a great story, and Rose loved it. It um,
0: has never been made a feature film until now, and um, that's that's what we made it. I can't believe I've never heard of her before. She sounds like a really interesting historical character. So I'm glad that we actually get to see a film about her life. What um about her story do you think was most inspiring? Part like what specifically inspired you to write her story? The most amazing thing about her is that in all her years of sailing, which would have amounted
1: to a little under sixty years, she never once suffered mutiny on board one of her ships which was an amazing thing for any captain especially at the time in 16th century Ireland which which is a hotbed of skullduggery um, politics uh, basically people fighting for power I mean you you have the the English are using Ireland as a stomping ground for world war between the Spanish so you, you, you you would have had a lot of battles but they were actually fighting on the coastline so like the Galway coastline um, a lot of pirate Spanish galleons were um, shipwrecked there, that they do say in a place of many ransacked um, but also she helped a lot of the Spaniards because she saw them as a common enemy it uh, was the English what I love about this story is that I knew it would transpose very well into a type of film that I was very much interested in which maybe along the lines like a lot of Chinese cinema is action driven like, all the actors in this uh, were either extremely experienced swordsmen um, or they were trained to be experienced, experienced swordsmen. So all the stunts and the fighting that you see in it is done by the actors. So there's no stunt doubles. It's all performed by the actors. So, you have what is an action movie. But it's also a drama movie be, be, because you're dealing with all the, the, the political double dealings. So there's, there's, there's a lot of plot scenes. There's a lot of sort of intense Dramatic moments. You then have in the genre of a managed film. So you know it's drawing and, 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 and a lot of Chinese cinema. It's it's drawing, on, on, say, some of the classic westerns from like you know, the 60s, 70s, some of the uh movies like Fistful of Dollars, Once Upon a Time in the West. You, you know you, you have that color, you have that intensity, and you have that you have the violence. I mean, that's what I love about this story and the movie, is that it covers it all. It's violent, it's dramatic, it's real as well. It's a point of his historical time that actually occurred and was a savage, brutal time to women, and the life expectancy is very really short. And it is a miracle that Grace O'Malley lived as long. as As she did, she was born in 1530, and she died in 1603, a few years after she met Queen Elizabeth. And the interesting fact as well is that Queen Elizabeth and Grace O'Malley were born within the same week, and they died within the same week. It's just a fascinating, fascinating story, and it ticks all the boxes. It's got the action, it's got the adventure, it's got the drama. It has vengeance and conflict.
0: Sounds like there's a little bit of something for everybody. Sure is. It's like she's a strong, kick ass female warrior, so you know, it's
1: very much a female driven film. And it has a rich kind of tapestry of, of characters. We've seen the perspectives from her army, from from, from the British army, led by her ultimate nemesis, Richard Billiam. He was brought to court once for creating atrocities in Spain, uh, acts of mass genocide, where they said that he. He was accused of having slaughtered 20,000 Spaniards. And his quote in court, written down in history, that he said, I was, I am heavily insulted that you accused me of murdering 20,000 Spaniards. It was, in fact, 40,000. So dealing with it with a character who is a force of extreme evil. Uh, and so you have a very tough female warrior based up against what is. Uh, the worst form of psychopath. An incredibly violent, mentally unhinged psychopath who is also an amazing strategist. Um, and so when they clash, they clash big time.
2: Now, what was it like writing a story based on an actual historic figure? Did you have any difficulties trying to stay historically accurate while trying to in- to make an engaging film? The information...
1: Andre Somali is very difficult to find. And I, I was researching it for about a year and uncovered um, a lot of information from actual court uh, sort of appearances where they had written down what the different political uh, figures had, had spoken in that court. And a lot of the information that I've actually destroyed. Um, mostly by the English, because she was a very strong Irish political figure, and she was also a woman. So uh, the actual finding the correct information was tough, and I had to go go to a lot of of sources, a lot of archaeological sources, and a lot of different writings. And and then with the the writing of the script, like, I knew we had a very, very strong cast from the the beginning, and that they were all the type of actors, especially the, the... Playing Grace Malloy herself, who were incredibly tough. Like I knew mean, this would be very important because we were going out to locations in the middle of nowhere in Ireland in the winter, and just to get that kind of gritty, dark feeling. Where right? you know the water is it's smashing off black rocks. You uh, wind and you rain, just to just to see how tough these these characters were. So. In a lot of these locations you're going to, there's
2: no way. It sounds like while well, making this film is just as exciting as the film itself, um, you're talking about the different places you were filming. Were there any unexpected challenges that occurred while filming in these locations?
1: The thing about the uh, logistics of where we were filming and how we were filming is that it is incredibly challenging and demanding. Well, both, both what you had to shoot in that particular day and also the actors themselves, because the, the actors were, were pushing themselves to the limits beyond it. Because you, you, you have freezing temperatures, you have horrendous weather, you, you are completely out in the middle of nowhere, so there's, nowhere. there's no There's toilets, there's no warm washrooms. You're literally, when the actors are out there, that's where they are. They're transported to 16th century Ireland, which was great for what we filmed. And very much at the end of every day, like the days were long, like 12, 14, 16 more day shoots, there was always a great feeling of victory at the end of each day. So in some senses, it was like a band of an an army of Celtic warriors or a a band of pirates uh, capturing the essence of what is an ultimate pirate movie, because it's hard, it's tough. Um, so uh, there's a great sense of reality in it and a and, and grittiness in it. And, and we're filming in castles. We're filming, in castles, uh, we're filming out, out, out outdoors on, on, on ships, some, some, sometimes static ships and also ships that are sailing out in the water. Uh, so a lot of these locations as well, because some of it is quite dark, so there's nighttime shooting also. So that meant that we're in places that have no power. So uh, you want to make sure that you huge amount of battery life, would you? And um, that, um, that in itself is demanding, because there's no electricity.
2: Now, I want to backtrack just a little bit here. Um, you talked a lot about Richard Bingham, and how he was this terrible psychopath, and, I mean, he really sounds like it from what you've told us. Now, you are playing him in the film, correct? That's correct. Now, what was it like working as both an actor and director on the same film?
1: I'm, I'm a big fan of Clint Eastwood. A lot of Clint Eastwood's westerns. And, um, there's a particular approach in doing that where pretty much any of the close-ups that you're doing in a, in a, of an actor a film last. where um, you have to be very technical and logical in the um, process that you're filming everything. So, in you may have a court scene that has um, like 20 people in there, so you want to capture all the all the uh, reactions and the dialogue of all of those people as a whole, maybe from the back of your head. Um, so you need to get someone to stand in, to check that the position is right, and then get it in direct element to get exactly what's required from all on the, um, all the um, characters, and um, then at the very end of it, do your um, do your uh, close-up. So, so to speak. Uh, the wonderful thing about it is that you spent so long researching a story and working on a film and working with our actors and, uh, and sort of breaking down all the individual characters that are actually performing the uh, character yourself seems to just do it itself. It's almost like you've nothing to do with it. Your, your body is just moving, your, 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 your mind is on a it's on a completely different plateau, uh, and so It'll get done in like a few takes. Um, and flying a side path like that is kind of unsettling. In the editing room, looking at the um, character, uh, especially this one, because I think it's the most realistically unhinged um, character I've been involved in. Um, out there yet, so he's very unsettling, uh, and we knew that from the beginning, that he we had to go down the road of just creating this really dark, horrible character, that every time you see him, you, you feel disgusted, and it is like he's unhinged, he's not in control of his body, his mind is making his body move, his mind is somewhere else, but we knew we wanted him that dark, that horrible, because Grace O'Malley herself, played by Neil Collins, is this incredibly sort of tough um, versatile, really hard woman um and who who will do what do, Will do absolutely anything to make sure that she maintains victory and she will fight to the to the bitter end. And she wouldn't even see death as an option. And so we we just that nasty character so you got this, this this clash of complete opposites.
0: Sounds really cool. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. I it's always entertaining when you've got a character that's just completely out of his mind, and the protagonist has to find a way to fight them when they clearly can't be reasoned with.
1: Yeah, his thing is—he even says it uh, one, one one point in the film—is is that he says his his line is, "Burn them, burn every single one of the Irish.
0: I want them dead." They have the audacity to think they can do what they want just because they're from here. Sounds pretty powerful. What impressions are you hoping to leave your audience with after watching the film? It's a multifaceted film. It follows all of Grace
1: O'Malley's life, everything from her birth to her death, the meeting with Queen Elizabeth, the various political double-dealing she did the war, she fought uh, her own family. It also follows some of her uh, generals. So you get to see from the perspective of the smaller people in the army, so you get to see how an Irish military unit of the time actually worked. Um, we explore her two husbands uh, that she had first died in, in war, um, which she enacted vengeance for, Um the second is kind of ambiguous what happened to him. We also follow uh, uh, Cougal Elizabeth and uh, Richard Binning and his his generals, so we see the war from that perspective. So you, you have a very rich, detailed film that is historically accurate, paints the picture from the surface of how everything happened, but also the individual aspects of different minorities, different groups of people that make up the whole. So that you, what you're doing is you're basically, you're exploring the world of 16th century Ireland through different people's opinions. And then on top of that, it's incredibly entertaining.
0: Kind of like you're yeah. painting a picture of this uh, world that, well, it actually did exist. It's almost like an imaginary world to us because it's so different from the world we're living in now.
1: Yeah, it's completely alien to where we are now. I think often reality is really painted off by different people's perspectives. So it was very much a thing in this movie. I mean, I see it as a Celtic Western. That's how I saw it from the beginning. That's a way of shot as well. There's a lot of intense close-ups. There's a lot of panoramic wide shots. There's a lot of aerial shots. So you use all the different faces, all the different characters to just bring you into that whole world. And uh, it's in 3D
0: as well. So um, that gives us even more impact. Oh, yeah. Definitely a lot to look forward to. What qualities do you think make a great film? And could you give us some examples of films that you would consider great?
1: Yeah, I think conflict. Film it always needs conflict of some kind, and as Alfred Hitchcock said, there are three things that a film needs, and that's story, 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 and it is. Very much a great story, a great script. If you look at a lot of the movies from the 40s, 50s, the, 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 the dialogue was amazing. The dialogue was snappy. The, the script was fantastic. We it, 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 were poetic almost. I mean, movies like The Treasure of Sierra Madre, it's, uh, I think from Humphrey Bogart and John Forbes, got his Pictures, um, anything that Sergio Leone made. It's just the work of genius absolutely faultless. Um, the Stanley Kubrick is his own. You uh, often read stories about how these directors were so difficult to uh, work with and they were so persistent. Even down to it. one a time in America it was he did 750 takes of this one shot. He didn't care how tired people were getting and he wanted everything perfect. He was even down to the detail of a cat running along the uh, background at the exact time after chair had fallen on the ground. But when you look at the movie, and you actually see that scene, it's perfect. And he was he, he was right to have that approach. Of, I I want exactly what's in my head here on, on on the film, because when I'm gone, gone from this location, I'm gone. I'm gone. The actors are gone. I need this, and then you need it now. And then you have Sam Peckinpah. Then. Amazing filmmaker, just the, the genius. I mean, the Wild which just totally revolutionised uh, westerns. Even when that would have, would have come out, the opening sequence where you see only four men and the and the other man coming to town and just blow everyone away was the most violent uh, sequence in the western that anyone had ever seen. Um, any of these pictures that just, um, they just they just challenge an audience and they paint a world and they tell a story, and then the most vital components is the is the actors. Uh, I mean, you, you look at actors like this, you, Jack Nicholson, Dennis Hopper, uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, they're just these amazing actors who do so much work to, uh, in, in preparation to build this character, but then when you put them work, working with an amazing, sort of intense, good director, you, you just get something that's uh, that's magical.
0: Definitely. One thing we've uh, learned doing this show and talking to a lot of people who've made independent films is it seems that when creators get to make a movie in their vision without a bunch of people telling them what to do, people saying how to make it, it seems like it comes out a lot better. It's more genuine. It's more to an actual vision rather than just off a checklist of what people Supposedly like, and I think audiences can definitely tell the difference between something that's a genuine vision and something that's just there to entertain for the sake of making money. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we've um, we've an amazing team on this,
1: uh, and the
0: enthusiasm
1: and the way that everyone bonded together to uh, create what is basically the impossible, because you know you're dealing with a. With a, se- that I'm saying, with a series of, uh, of ch- uh, challenges out in the wilderness, filming with um, castles and boats and swords and horses. Uh, so it's very demanding. What happens is that everyone who is there, they are, they are genuinely there because they love this, this this story. And the team that works together has bonded together, and they all have a very much a common goal which is to create this uh, picture which, will, um, which, which, which means something that has its a, has a, has a purpose that's almost spiritual in a way. Um, and um, I
0: think the results that you see on screen is always something that is very passionate. What advice would you give someone that wants to begin creating their own independent films? I think uh, everyone uh, there's always advice we can give ourselves every day just to... The time is now, that's it, you know? Uh, today is the day to do it. It's a great way of putting it, it's very simple, but yet yeah, it, it speaks volumes on it. So if you're gonna do it, go out and do it. You can't really wait for the right time. It's like that old adage, live every day like
2: it's your last. That's it, absolutely. Each um, breath is precious. We've got one more uh, very important question to us that we would like to ask you. Um, it's something that we ask of everybody that we interview. And uh, that is, what is your opinion on hairless cats?
1: Ah, very interesting. The Egyptians had hairless cats. And they believed that they were guardians to the gateway of the underworld. And to this day, they still breed a strain of hairless cats in Egypt. And they
0: have become quite popular around Europe at the moment. And they're very expensive. They look weird. Yeah, that's my opinion on it. I, I think they're kind of cool, but I couldn't honestly pick one over a, a regular cat. I like something soft. To see, pet. I think they're adorable.
2: They're cuddly. You know, they, they just got that right, right mix of you look like a monster, but you look like a, an adorable baby.
1: I'd stick with the monster part. <laughs> I know. It's like you wake up in the middle of the night and you see this thing staring at you from over the bed.
0: It's a horror movie in and of itself. <laughs> it is. So where can we follow you to learn more about your film and any uh, future projects that you'll be working on? You can follow us on Put uh, On Your Way The Movie, which is on Facebook, and uh,
1: IMDB as well. You can find it there. Uh, Loose Grip Films. That's uh, a grip spelled with two Ps. We're on Facebook. Uh, we have .com. Um, we're on IMDb, too. Yeah, very easy to find. Just Google searches. We have a, the film, The New Wild Movie. will be kicking off early in the new year, which is nearly upon us. And we, we'll be posting on the,
0: on the Facebook and our websites uh, where it's been screened and it's worldwide, so it's going to be somewhere near to you. Sounds good. So you heard it here, folks. Um, grand UL. An historic epic about the pirate queen from Ireland. Kieran, thank you for joining us today, and we can't wait till your film comes up. Thank you very much for having me on your excellent show. If you have an independent film you're working on and would like to discuss, you can email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter account, at B Movie paul don't forget to listen to our podcast we review a different b movie each week new episodes every friday on our website bmoviebros.com if you have a movie you'd like us to review or any additional comments feel free to leave a message below this has been another b movie interview we are the b movie bros saying be brave be alive and be back next time